I'm delighted to introduce next uh, Armand Dangour, who is an associate professor of classics and fellow of Jesus College, Oxford. In 2011, he published a monograph on The Greeks and the New, Novelty in Ancient Greek Imagination and Experience with Cambridge University Press. And his main research area since then has been ancient Greek music. Formerly a professional cellist, he has written numerous articles about the interface of classical scholarship with ancient music and its practical realities, and is currently writing a book on the subject. His professional collaboration with scholars and musicians from across the world led to a concert in the British Museum in July 2016 of the first research-led performance of items of ancient Greek music using ancient scores and replica instruments. Armand's collaborating partners are the Gardenitsa Theatre of Lublin in Poland and the Choir of Keys College, Cambridge. Thank you very much. Um, um, so, this is something of a gift for knowledge exchange, really, an archaeological detective story to recreate the music of an ancient Greek chorus. Now, if you ask people what do we know about ancient Greek music, very, very knowledgeable people will tell you that we know nothing. It's not the case. Um, one of the things that um, I've been working on uh, are the documents of ancient Greek music, of which there are a few dozen with notation. But they've been um, presented in an extremely technical way. So people don't realize it's actually possible to read and even to hear and play some of the music. And most of it goes back to the second century AD. There's one large inscription in Delphi from the first century BC. But of course, what people want to know is what about the choruses of the fifth century BC, where from, from all the early poetry we read in, in Greek, from Homer all the way through to Euripides, so from, from roughly 750 to um, 400 BC, all that poetry, Homer, Sappho, Pindar, was sung to music. And we can get some sense of that music. What I decided to do was to throw a little bombshell into the professional academic community and recreate something from a papyrus, which is in um, Vienna, two inches square, which has what we would call a few bars of the music of a chorus of Euripides from 408 BC. So there it is on the top left. Um, and on the right, we have a transcription of the words and the music. The little notes with arrows up are quarter tones. And if you just sing what's there, you get a very gappy and rather difficult piece of music. Now, textual criticism for the classics has always been about filling in the gaps of the words. So I thought it was time someone tried to fill in the gaps in the music. In fact, there's a lot of information about the scale systems. We know what mode this was in. We know what notes would have been used. And I started to work at the various principles. So this is the knowledge bit of the knowledge exchange. Here's going to be a bit of knowledge using roughly a dozen different principles to help to recompose this fragment and then go on and recompose the whole um, chorus. So here we have what I came up with. 
the bits in the red lined boxes are what we can get straight off the papyrus and the rest of it is uh, my own reconstruction. Uh, to show you one of the principles, one looks at this box here. We have a word in Greek which means I beseech, and we have the opening of that word going up. And luckily we've got the end of that word here on a different register. So, two registers, which is how they composed, they tended to compose in clusters. We can therefore work out that would have probably been and so on. So various principles that we find that we can use to, to reconstruct the sound. Now, what about the pitch? What about the instrumentation? These notes, which are in red, are indications of an aulos. This was the double pipe that accompanied ancient choruses. And uh, one of my partners is the wonderful piper Barnaby Brown, who has worked with reconstructed. There are about five um, pipes which come from the ancient world, relics, and they've been reconstructed with painstaking accuracy by the European Music Archaeology Project, and Barnaby is part of that. And he, ha he has worked out what sounds can be made at what pitch and so on. So last December, the first ever chorus from, an ancient, from the ancient world was sung and played to the accompaniment of Barnaby on the Aulos by a few students, uh, three. I mean, uh, we're going to do a much bigger one in July in the Ashmolean with a full complement of singers, uh, both bass and high, so there would have been boys as well as men's voices. But these are men's voices singing a chorus of this Euripides as I've, as I've reconstructed it. Um, and one of the things we're told by an ancient commentator was at one stage, for effect, they stopped singing and just declaimed some words. And the, ex the knowledge exchange that comes out of hearing this is extraordinary because I've just come from Poland actually where for the last five days the guys in each theatre have been working with this score. And they had come up with the idea on their own that you'd have a more dramatic effect if some bits were spoken. And so it was really interesting to be able to confirm that that's what we're actually told. So let's hear this if we can. Set on, 
I should have given you the context of that. Um, the Orestes of Euripides is when Orestes, having killed his mother, Clytemnestra, is haunted by her furies. And in this first chorus, what you have is a chorus who are actually women. So you'll have, although they were played by men in ancient Greece, the lower, the higher as well as the lower voices, uh, lamenting him and shouting, alas, for your troubles. That's the pale mock So that's what was going on. Thank you. <laughs> 